you are Locked On Royals, your daily Kansas City Royals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Royals podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Royals. So that is how you can get connected to this show, this is Locked On Royals, the only daily podcast about the Kansas City Royals. You can go ahead on over to Locked On Bets right now and make some money. Betting on baseball, the Royals, any sport you want to, football right now still in high gear. It doesn't have to be a guessing game. You can listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks and quick-hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to Locked on Bets, brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcast from. Be sure to go over to betonline.ag if you do want to get involved with sports betting. It is the absolute best site possible. If you want to lay some money down on the Kansas City Chiefs this weekend, uh, go ahead and head on over to betonline.ag. Or if you're into basketball and want to make some preseason predictions on you know awards or over-unders or any of that good stuff, head on over there as well. A lot to do on betonline.ag. A lot of fun. And if you listen to Locked on Bets and you subscribe every day to Locked on Bets, they're going to help you make money. And let's be honest here. This is the holiday season. You're going to be buying gifts left and right. You're going to be out here just trying to make as much money as possible. And you do that by winning money. And you win money by listening to Locked on Bets. So on today's show, again, it's a Friday. And we are going to discuss just baseball news in general. The biggest thing for Kansas City is just waiting and seeing what they're going to do next, what, what the Royals would do next. Because I, I don't think they're done yet. I think that they're going to add a reliever. Uh, there's talks of them even adding a left-handed bat. Uh, I think that the lineup is pretty well set right now. I don't think they're going to do anything to the lineup. Uh, but I, I think that you could see them add another pitcher. And I'd be interested to see what that looks like. Does that look like a Kelvin Herrera or a Wade Davis in the sense of those are two guys who have had downward spirals in their career, uh, especially since being in Kansas City. Do you try to you know revamp their careers? Do you try to have a reclamation project on those two guys? Or does it look like the Royals looking for somebody who had a much better season last year? Kind of what ballpark are we looking at? Because I think it's clear that they are going to add a reliever, just a matter of when. And there's no clear-cut option here, right? I mean, nobody truly knows right now, but, I mean, you can you can always just assume and always guess. I, I would say that it's going to look more like, uh, you know, more like Davis and Herrera. Maybe not those two guys specifically. I'm just talking about two guys 
who need to revitalize their career. I would honestly not be opposed to bringing in those two guys, just the actual guys of Davis and Herrera, because you don't need them to be HDH, right? I mean, you, you don't need Holland, Herrera, Davis to be the electric arms that they once were. You don't need them to be the, the best bullpen we've ever seen in baseball history. Don't give me the red scrap. That was the best bullpen HDH was that we've ever seen in baseball history. You don't need that. You just need them to be middle inning guys. I mean, because I think that you should feel pretty confident about Tyler Zuber. You should feel pretty confident about Josh Stomont especially. Scott Barlow stepped up. Holland stepped up. That continues to push down whoever you bring in down the list of putting them in high leverage spots. And if you're not putting Davis or Herrera in high leverage spots, I think that they're still good enough to to handle the load. I think that Davis really struggles in high leverage now, which is kind of odd because he was literally a robot whenever he was in Kansas City. I mean, he, he was just lights out. But, you know, things change with pitchers, and, and, and that's how it goes. I would not be opposed to bringing those two guys in and just seeing what they have. I mean, there's just something about Kansas City, and I don't want to overvalue or be too much of a homer here. But the bottom line is they've they've done the whole reclamation project pretty well pitching-wise. You know, hitting-wise, not so much, but pitching-wise, they've done it pretty well. I mean, Mike Miner has already been in Kansas City, rejuvenated his career, and is now back in Kansas City to, to do it again. You know, you, you see what Trevor Rosenthal went through. You see what Greg Holland went through. These are these are all recent examples of how Kansas City has helped the pitcher. Volquez, Guthrie. These guys come to Kansas City as just misfit toys, and then they leave as as solid or good MLB pitchers. So I wouldn't be opposed to bringing back, you know, Davis and Herrera. And I think that it wouldn't just be a token try to sell tickets type thing because, again, you wouldn't be putting them in position to fail. And I think that a position to fail for Davis and Herrera is the high leverage. You wouldn't be doing that to them. I think that they can still pitch whenever there's no pressure on them. I think that they can still eat innings effectively out of the bullpen. So bring them on in. But we'll see what route. Dayton Moore likes to go. The bottom line is, I do not think that the moves are done yet. I, I do not think that this is just your actual team. I think it's the I think it's the core of your team, the 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 bulk majority of your team. But I think there's still some moves to make around the margins uh, for this team moving forward until spring training ramps up, whenever it may be. No matter if that is in early February, late February, March, whenever it is, that there's still going to be moves to be made between now and then. And then you also have to consider, you know. If they don't add a reliever, does that signal that maybe a Jackson Coward is ready? That, that maybe they feel like he can be um, a, a, a reliever for them moving forward? There's still a lot to 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 think about here with Kansas City, and they still have a lot of avenues to go. That, that's the one thing about this offseason. They haven't really pigeonholed themselves into a specific avenue, right? Because, I mean, if you, if you sold, right, if you went to the winter meetings and you just sold Solaire, Witt, Salvi, if you've traded all those guys, you've now pigeonholed yourself into a full stop, full rebuild, going to be a lot of young players, going to be 100 lost seasons, etc. They didn't do that. If you go to the winter meetings and you just start buying like crazy, then you've pigeonholed yourself into, okay, we want to win right this second. They didn't do that. They made some marginal moves to improve their team just a little bit. You know, Santana improves it a little bit, I think. Uh, Taylor, I think, does not improve your team at all, but it improves your defense. So if you really care about defense for some reason, uh, he improves it there, which, of course, Kansas City relies on heavily defense and bunting and playing the game the right way as if it's 1972. But nonetheless, 
you've made some sort of moves to this roster to where you could see this team being a competitive one. You could see this team being a playoff team in, a, in an expanded postseason if everything goes their way. You could also see this team losing 90 games. There's still a lot of a lot of room for error here. And the truth always lies somewhere in the middle. So this team on paper could look like a 100-loss team if you want to be very pessimistic. And that would take, of course, Solaire not bouncing back, Santana not bouncing back, Mondesi being awful again outside of one month at the end of the year next year. It would take Nicky Lopez still playing and being awful. Michael A. Taylor's a disaster at the plate. And quickly here, it's deteriorating before your eyes. Another bad year from Duffy, a bad year from Mike Miner. Quickly, you're you're leaning and getting further and further into that 100-loss category. It could also be a playoff team if if all those same players had a career year or, or had a career turnaround. And the truth is oftentimes in the middle. That's why I'm feeling confident that this team will be a fun baseball team to watch, which is hard to do when you're losing. I think this team still does not make the postseason, but I think that they're still fun to watch. And it's hard to make losing baseball entertaining, but I think that this team has the makeup to do that, where they're going to finish five games out, six games out of the postseason, but it'll be fun to watch them day in and day out. And I hope that that is the case. Because for the majority of last season, this was not a fun ball club to watch. Outside of that one month where Mondesi just uh, kind of flashed all of his potential. Which again, he does every single year. So that, so I don't think that anyone should be taking that as, you know, a, as gospel. That he's going to do that every single time. Uh, but what is gospel is how good Built Bars are. Built Bars are fantastic. They're a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code Locked On. You are going to get 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. They are great for the health conscious person to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. They are amazing for pre-workout. They're great for post-workout. They're even great as a meal replacement or a snack. I think that they're that filling where you can use them as a meal replacement because they're just that good. So go check them out today. BuiltBar.com, promo code locked on, 20% off your next order. Uh, my favorite is the Cookies and Cream Built Bar, but there are still so many great flavors. I mean, they have an endless amount of flavors to go check out, and you can get like a sampler box and just try them all and see which one your favorite would be. But head on over to BuiltBar.com, use promo code locked on. They're great for, you know, the keto diet, losing weight, maintaining weight, everything you need to do, you can do with Built Bar. BuiltBar.com, promo code locked on. 20% off your next order. BuiltBar.com, promo code locked on. 20% off your next order. We're back on the Locked On Rose podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. Locked On Rose is the only Daily podcast about the Kansas City Royals. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Royals. So I want to dive into some MLB news from around the league. It starts out with JT Romuto having talks with the Nationals, whispers, if you will, with the Nationals, uh, and 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 there's all these prefixes of you know nothing's nothing's intimate right now, nothing serious. They're just kind of going back and forth a little bit. I would find that move to be pretty interesting. I think that the Nationals kind of don't have a lane either. Now, of course, on paper, they're a much better team than Kansas City. But they're like Kansas City in the sense of they don't have a lane. They're not rebuilding. I don't think they're championship contenders either, even though they won the World Series a couple years ago. 
So they remind me a lot of the 2016-2017 Royals. You're coming off a World Series. You kind of don't know when it's time to give up the core. You don't know when it's time to you know put down the 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 trophy and and forget the charades and and to start reevaluating your team. You're, you're still riding that high of the World Series and you're clinging on to these guys that might not be good enough anymore or might not collectively play together good enough anymore. Might not pick up each other's flaws very well and hide each other's flaws very well, I should say. To where they're obviously not going to rebuild, but they're obviously not going to compete for a championship. To where bringing in JT Rumuto, you're going to have to make him the highest paid catcher in the sport. I think that that's pretty clear that Rumuto only wants money at this point. He only wants the big contract. I'd be floored if he did not become the highest paid catcher whenever he does sign on the dotted line. So you're going to have to pay him a ton of money. You have Juan Soto, who's really good. Victor Robles, really good. I'm not sure the direction they're going to go from here. But does JT Ramuto lift up your team? I don't think so. Look, I think that Ramuto's a good player. I think he's a pretty good catcher. I don't think that he transcends your team, though. I mean, that Philadelphia team has just been such underachievers while he's been on it. He hasn't lifted them up. He's been a good little ball player. But he doesn't change your direction. You know what I mean? There are certain players, if you get Mike Trout, he's going to change your direction of your organization. Mookie Betts, he's going to change the direction of your organization. Put Mookie Betts back on that Boston team last year, who was just dreadful. Are they a better ball club? Put Mike Trout anywhere. They're better ball. They're a better ball club. Now, of course, they can't do it alone. This is baseball, not not basketball or any other sport. But the sense I get around JT Ramuto is that he cannot elevate your squad in the sense of he's not going to be that much better than whoever you have. And and catching is a hard position. Catching is is a valuable position. It's why Salvador Perez, uh, you know, is one of the most valued players for Kansas City, is just because it's hard to find a good catcher. But catchers also see the steepest decline. So I'm not going to pay a catcher buku bucks if I think that the decline is coming and I'll eventually have to move him to first base or DH or you know, I won't get all of that value back on that contract. Even Garrett Cole, I mean, that's a very long contract. We expect him not to be very effective. We're not to be Garrett Cole in the last year of it with the Yankees. But you take Garrett Cole and you take 50% of what he is today, He's still a hell of a number four starter in your rotation. He still has value. And I don't think that the drop-off will be 50% of what he is today. So it's interesting to me kind of how baseball is going to evaluate JT Rimuto. We'll be back on Monday for more Locked On Royals. Be good and be good to one another. We'll see you next time on Locked On Royals.